0: So Lucas is a senior manager in the short-term insurance practice of the Lloyd Actuarial & Insurance Solutions. He joined at the start of 2017, having previously fulfilled the role of the head of pricing at a short-term insurer. Um, in addition to short-term insurance pricing, he has also significant experience in product development and risk management. Uh, in addition to five years in short-term, Lucas also worked three years uh, for me in the South African healthcare insurance industry where he assisted schemes, health insurance, setting premiums, contribution rates, and a whole lot more. So Lucas, without further ado, over to you.
1: Thanks, Anton. So, if I ever did a dodgy piece of work for anybody, like, learned it from there. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, okay, so, I think what I'm here to talk to you about today is we did a survey about two years ago just to check where we as a professional with respect to data science. So uh, we plagiarized heavily off of the uh, faculty and institutes survey, ran our own a bit with some changes there, uh, and then came up with just where we were there. So we thought it's a good idea to actually just rerun the survey two years later to see how things have changed. So it is a survey refresh. So if you're thinking, like, I've already seen some of this before, it's like, yes, you have. It's the same questions, uh, but with new answers. And some of the things haven't changed, but there's also a lot of things that actually have changed as well, uh, which is actually quite encouraging for me personally. So just in terms of what I'm going to take you through is just brief history about the survey, what we did, what it covers. I'm really going to sprint through this uh, since I don't really have a lot of time, but we will make the survey available. And also, if you've got any questions about the survey as well, is please mail me. I think it's something interesting that we can actually explore a bit more if you have specific questions around it that we can put through in maybe a written article or something like that if you have concerns or kind of queries about a specific issue as well. I think we're happy to look into that. Uh, we'll then look at what data analytics looks like within the companies we work for. Uh, we'll look at the members familiar familiar familiarity. how much they use it, and how well they know it uh, with data science. And then we'll focus on just what regular data scientists actually use, and where do they learn it, and what do they use. Okay. So in terms of the survey, what we wanted to know is basically how well we know data science as a topic. Then secondly, is to what extent do we use data scientists in our day-to-day life? Because our argument is basically actuaries and data scientists have a massive overlap in terms of the work that we do. And a lot of the work or techniques that we use fall solidly into the realm of data science. So if you have actuaries that say, like, we're not data scientists, like, yes, you are. To a little extent, you are. It's true. Don't fight it. Thirdly, is to see to what extent data science is embedded into the organization itself. Then identify the barriers and stumbling blocks of members with respect to doing more advanced analytics. And then finally, just seeing what the trends were from 2016. Okay. So in terms of the survey, uh, we did a bit of demographic information, just your age, are you still writing exams? employment info so where in the career, where in the company are you what's your job level what areas do you work in and what kind of functions you perform then on your employer is what type of company it is what does your analytics function look like how much of the data you have actually you have access to and then also uh, how do you make decisions in your company then finally is just on data science so itself is to look at how familiar are you with it What do you think are the attributes you have in common with with data scientists and data analytics and users of data science outputs? Uh, The benefits and the barriers to entry? And then also just a bit more on the data itself. Okay, so just how we launched the survey. So it was distributed across SurveyMonkey. We spammed you with a couple of emails requesting you to do it. So if you haven't done it, I think please do it again. Like if we're doing articles, more data is better. it's, we got about 166 responses, uh, which is a bit less than what we got previously, but in the previous uh, session we actually spammed the survey at the ASSA convention as well to get a broader audience. So bothering people in person works much better than bothering people over email. So a little marketing tidbit there for you. Okay, so demographic overview. This is very similar to what we had in the last time. The majority of the respondents sit in the life insurance practice with the second most in the general insurance. Uh, relatively, a lot of them are actually working for risk-taking entities, so banks, medical schemes, and insurance companies, and reinsurers directly. Uh, and then a very nice spread across the different job levels. So f- Analyst itself about 45%, with managers and executives and and senior managers making up about 55%. So the, med- the management level itself is about 40%. So. Probably a bit more skewed towards management than analysts, but I think it will give us a fairly representative idea of what, a, what happens in the companies itself. Okay, so onto the employer stuff. So if we look at how big the analytic teams are, so it's fairly consistent across the different practice areas. If you look at life assurance, general insurance and non-insurance, uh, most of it the teams would be less than 10 people but there's no in-between, like there's no 10 and 20. There's, you go from like 10 people and then above 20. There's nothing in-between. Uh, and the interesting thing here is as well, and it'll come through later in the presentation as well, is that general insurance has smaller teams than the rest of the industry. Uh, so if we then just look at if, who the different job levels think, or employ individuals in different areas think it should drive analytics in the company, uh, they typically look at the people above them and, or to themselves, but never below them, which for me is actually very baffling given the talk that we just heard, given like a lot of companies are aiming for agile like workspaces, lean management teams. You should actually say the guy sitting closest to the problem, your analyst, should actually be driving the need for advanced analytics. So this is for me a very perplexing thing, and I don't know quite how to address this. Okay, in terms of the percentage of data on the systems, so a little encouraging trend here is more and more companies are sitting on all their data. Uh, and then if we look at how much data is actually used in terms of how much is accessible, please ignore, ignore the data labels, they're gibberish. If you understand them, let me know, that'll be awesome. But we actually see that it's a fairly uniform uh, distribution across the data that you use. So companies aren't really using all of this data effectively. And it might not be... Okay, we think of the exposure and claims data as the data that we use. But as you're here pointed out, you have a wealth of other data that you can use as well. So it might be referring to that is that you don't have... You haven't quite tapped the full potential of the data that you're currently using to move on to the other data as well. But that's speculation. It's not impartial. Okay, in terms of the sources, very similar picture from last year when we look at the internal data sources. CSVs are the biggest uh, thing, unfortunately. Access, luckily, is staying in its place. Uh, 8% of people actually want to use it, and please come chat to me afterwards if you're one of that 8%. <laughs> please, let's move away from this thing. Uh, yeah. And then, luckily, the majority of us are sitting on traditional databases. Uh, with a couple of that want to move to it. And then again, is there's not a lot of guys actually using big data solutions. Uh, there's a bit of like for a large chunk of people that actually want to use it, but haven't started using it. But there's a not not a lot of us. And I don't think there's a lot of companies that actually have that much data that a traditional database, if set up properly, uh, would not work well for them. Okay, then if we look at the external data sources, so the big thing here is Amazon Web Services. I'm feeling like a weatherman, by the way. But, <laughs> so Amazon Web Services is fairly high uh, with Google Analytics dropping down. Uh, so, but again, there's not a lot of, lot of guys actually using these external data sources as well. Now, the fun parts uh, and the encouraging part is how much decisions get made using data in your organization. And this is probably the first encouraging trend that we're seeing, is that a lot of the guys have moved from none to some of the time, uh, with relatively few moving from all the time to mostly. So at least we're seeing an uptick in the usage of analytics. And then we're also seeing another big uptick in terms of the guys that mostly, or expect to be using analytics mostly to make uh, decisions within their company and without actually taking a lot out of this category here. So we are definitely seeing the changing of people's perceptions on how analytics will be used in their company change. And just as an interesting aside to this is a lot of the projections in terms of like the fourth industrial revolution have projected that uh, by 2025, machine learning will be ubiquitous in most companies. Uh, And I definitely see us moving towards that trend. Uh, slowly but we are getting there. So the interesting thing here is if we actually just look at how people people's perception of are going to change to how much they're going to use analytics in the future in each of the groups of how much they use it now has changed from 2016 to now. So 2016 everybody expected to go up to do more so generally you have you know 60% will use a little more will stay the same, 33% will go up. And that's actually declining now. So most people are expecting to stay exactly where they are, uh, and a a smaller percentage are expecting to go back. The guys that use it all the time will keep on using it all the time, but there's a larger percentage of guys that use it mostly that will just stay where they are. But for me, and this is speculation, is it could point that as guys are getting more familiar with the terms and using it more, They're actually trying to see where they can use it and not use it. And they're kind of getting over the sense of disillusionment that it's the one silver bullet that will fix all your problems. You're not going to use it all the time, but mostly it's fairly good at at least. And then finally, if we look at how strategic decisions are made based on the size of the analytics team, the very weird trend that you can spot here is that the sum of the time starts increasing with the analytics team. So it starts at 47%, goes to 48%, 52%, 63% uh, as this analytics team increases, but the mostly starts shrinking, which probably points to some inefficiency in the teams itself, or it's just adding people for the sake of people. But you see the mostly really stands out in the guys that have 30 plus people in their team. and then if you look at uh, the industries with life assurers, not using analytics all that much, 59% of people only use it some of the time. And these are the guys that are actually making the most long-term decisions. So you'd expect them to actually use it a lot uh, with general insurance uh, leading the trend and using it all the time, 23% of the time. Okay, so if we move on to how familiar people are, so this is the second very encouraging trend, is most people actually are familiar with it to some extent. Like more than 70% of people have actually tried it uh, a little bit. My argument would be 100% of us have done it because you are taught these things at university. But it's a step in the right direction. So either we're using it more or people are more aware of what we're actually doing. But for me, it's still a step in the right direction than we had in the past. So if we look at the technique utilization over time, uh, you can actually see there's a bit of an increase with respect to like, the basic like, analytics techniques, like the baby steps things. So if you look at your data visualization, your regression, your GLMs, more people are using them. And this is a very good way to just get into the space, is to just play around with your data and see what you actually can do with it instead of trying the most complex thing that you can think of, and that not working, and then you're giving up entirely. So this is very, very encouraging to see this. Uh, And if you look across industries as well, the life guys... I don't know what you're doing. You need to do more. (laughs) Look, I'm a GI guy. I am here. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what we do. We do predict the weather. Okay, so in terms of the roles that are performed, so this is quite interesting. The life guys tend to do one thing, uh, most of them. So they, one or two, generally. Uh, so you can see the, probably not the best graph, but you can see how it kind of, there's a gradual drop in what it does. And with the, the general insurance and healthcare guys, is they tend to do a lot of the tasks at the same time. So it talks to the lower the low resourcing, but also, you can probably do a bit more with, with less. But it's also talking to the nature of the work itself. And then the other area, so that's basically your banking and other non-insurance areas. Uh, they typically are a bit more spread out as well, with the guys doing one or two tasks. So the interesting thing here is if we actually look at how familiar people say they are with, with data analytics and data science techniques, uh, the resuming guys are actually fairly at the bottom, and for me is at the short term insurance space, I think there 's where a lot of improvements can be made with respect to this is I think we 've been relying on the like the basic chain ladder method for a couple of years now, where we can actually start disrupting that. I did a presentation on it last year. this should not be new news to anyone, but at the same time is this is also where a lot of like the life guys can also benefit from this is to actually the guys that are sitting in these positions should actually start leveraging more off of this to make more sense out of their business and get more value. Uh, product development, they should also have a lot more access to visualize, visualization to help their jobs. Uh, risk management, management more reporting going up. The scary thing, though, is that there's a couple of these that are highly analytical things where you'd expect data scientists to play where guys say they are not using the technology. So particularly for me is the guys that are doing pricing because it probably implies that you are doing... That. Does that not worry you? That guys that are doing pricing don't know anything about data science or claim to not know anything about data science? Okay. In terms of the greatest benefit to to data analytics, it's the big one is greater insight into your data. And then the second kind of sleeper one is Improved value to customers and business partners, Uh, and that's pretty much the same top two that you had in the past. But we've seen a bigger trend move towards guys that are uh, towards guys that are using uh, towards greater insight into data. Okay, the lowest ones are basically enhanced financial performance and sell and product opportunities. But I think as you get improved value to your customers and greater insight to your data, the rest will follow naturally my personal idea. Uh, If we look at greatest benefits by industry, fairly similar trend but the GI guys and healthcare guys have enhanced financial performance, ranked higher than the rest. And then if you look at the the importance over job levels, you can see the greater or improved value to customers starts increasing as you move up the food chain. Uh, And that is typically at the cost of great insights into your data. So the biggest barrier, same as last year, was lack of people. But it's really increased significantly since, since we did the previous survey. Uh, and there's a big decrease in the a lack of perceived management or lack of support from management as well. So it goes with the trend that people are starting to buy into this. It is becoming more prevalent in companies as well. Uh, and people are recognizing that this is the way of the future. And if you can see is even if you look at the guys that are using analytics to varying extents, the lack of people really becomes the issue. Like lack of management really drops down at all the time. And then there's this anomaly here. Uh, And then the other thing is just insufficient data on an executive level. But I think as you go down, like you wouldn't see the analysts or, oh wait, this is not that graph, but insufficient data would (laughs) stop them there. Okay, uh, so if we actually just look at the difference between regular users and non-users, and again, apologies for rushing through this, I only have 20 minutes. Um, so it's a lot more similar than it was last year. Uh, last year we had like a big dis- like gap between how much analytics is used for regular users compared to non-users, and it's not really the case this year. Uh, And I think that also talks to how guys are starting to adopt analytics as well, and that the populations are becoming much more similar to each other, and that you don't just have these pockets of analytics sitting in companies. So in terms of data, fairly similar picture as we had with uh, the general sample. Uh, A lot less of them actually use access, which is quite encouraging. Uh, and then traditional databases are still the tool of choice. And for me, the point is here, is you don't need to be a data scientist if you only have big data. Like, you can do it with CSVs as well. If you actually look at the tools that they're using, the top four, top three, are all free. And we can see a big increase in the number of guys using Python, and then also a big increase in guys using Power BI, which is a free tool. so, again, is you don't need to have expensive software to just get going. You can do it with anything. Okay, and in terms of techniques that they use, it's the basic ones. Data visualization, regression, GLMs, decision trees, clustering. And then it starts dropping off. So, again, is it doesn't need to be the fanciest stuff, but it can be something simple that can tell you something that you didn't know before. Like that's the important thing. And then in terms of how then they, they learn and skill themselves up, online. So they watch YouTube videos, they read online materials, they do Coursera things, they compete in Kaggle competitions. Uh, but the encouraging thing is there's a big tick up in learn from actuaries. So we can really see the influence of early adopters coming through here and forcing that knowledge down to the guys that are working for them as well. Okay, so in summary, how familiar familiar are we with data science concepts? Fairly familiar, I think so. The data shows so. Uh, to what extent do we use it? We use it a lot. About 76% of the respondents use these techniques fairly regularly. Uh, what data is available in the organizations and how is it stored? We've got most of it, uh, but we're not using all of it. Uh, And for now, traditional databases are still fine. You can get a lot of value out of them. You don't need to go to a big data platform necessarily if you don't have that volume of data. Then the greatest barrier is people. There's simply not enough people. Uh, Management seems to be buying in, so that's not the concern anymore. Uh, So it's really just getting people who can do the work. And then basically the trends. So we are moving in the right direction. We are seeing more people get involved in it, we are seeing greater awareness, and we're seeing greater adoption as well. And that's it, that's my story. Questions?
0: Lucas, thank you. So I just wanna say, Lucas is an equal opportunity in Salta, so if you weren't feeling slightly taken in the face you know, in terms of your pricing, your reserving role, short-term, long-term insurance to Kirill Smack. Um, He probably has not met you and he doesn't know what uh, you're doing yet. So please go introduce yourself at the tea break. Uh, For those of you who do feel insulted, also go see Lucas at the tea break. So uh, I don't want to leave too much time for questions, but if there's a burning question before tea break, please let's hear it. And the floor is open, even for snide comments.
2: Uh, thank you, um, I, I, Lucas. Thank you. I, I just want to correct that um, anomaly there. When you say that managers seem to be adopting big data, is it big data or technology or something like that, as opposed to analysts, is it?
1: No, rather technology. Is it technology?
2: Yeah. Yeah, but w- my practice, in my practice where I'm working, I find that managers, when they hear something being presented they all of a sudden come with some new technology and they say, we're changing from SAS. we're now adopting SQL. And they're like, and then? Yeah. Why? You are armed the doer and you don't know anything about programming, but now you're telling me we're changing to SQL. And then all of a sudden again, I ah, know we're changing to Tableau. Ah, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you, you know, w- w- what, what we notice most of the times is that the people that make decisions, On what type of technology to check on. Normally don't know anything about that technology. (laughs) And hence we seem to be reluctant to check on new technology which we don't know. And normally you are are comfortable doing something that you you know. You get me? And then on life assurance, because I'm in life assurance, (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, the profit margins on life assurance are generally higher than general insurance. And the uh, the, the, uh, the visit, uh, it, because general insurance is yearly. Ours is long term. Once we get the client in, we're like a virus. We never get out. <laughs> so I find that my general insurance partners at where I work, they find them, their profit margin is so small that they have to make sure that they try by all means to be very efficient in trying to do their work. For us, we even hunt for people we have not claimed. I remember the past three years, we've been hunting for people. Come and claim. But they, they are trying to share away from people who want to claim. They want to make sure they escape a claim. We welcome a claim. Thank you.
0: I think so give that man a bells. Thank you very much. <laughs> nice comeback, sir, with respect.
1: So, on the first one is, I think, and having been in insurance companies as well, is you kind of do the work and then somebody goes and tends a forum like this and then they come back and like, oh, we should be doing this or we should be doing this. I was like, dude, can I just, just get the report out first and then we can do that. And I think that's where we actually need to, and it, it ties in with what Jacqueline said, is we need to encourage the guys at the bottom who have the most access to the problems and then also offer fresher with solutions to come up with the solutions that they could use. So we need to make sure that we're exposing the guys who are doing the work, the analysts, the senior analysts, the team leaders, that they get exposed to this as well and that it's not just at a manager level. That you can know is even if you're struggling with this kind of problem and you haven't used a solution before, this solution exists and go, go look for it. So you could then go try Power BI, you can go try R, you can go try Python, but it's important to encourage the guys is what are you trying to achieve and why are you trying to achieve it. It's for me better to find a problem and then solve it and find the tool that solves it rather than coming with a tool and saying, okay, what problem can we find? That's, for me, like the very important thing as well. Um, In terms of the life insurance comment, uh, yes, you guys have much higher profit margins, but that's not an excuse for saying it can't be higher.
0: Okay, guys, I think I'm going to close it here. I don't want you to uh, rob you of your tea break, so uh, please continue the conversation and the discussion while you're having some refreshments. Thank you.